so Tim, where are you from? It sounds like you are from Kentucky. We live in Louisville, Kentucky. So we're out in the Midwest, the old bourbon country. Been in real estate since November 2022. It's been a pretty fun-packed year, man. It sounds like you have some rentals. You've done a little bit of fix and flip. Where in real estate are you involved? Oh, geez. I mean, I'm kind of like everybody else. We kind of change our minds, you know, every three, four months of what we want to do. But the last week we closed on our 10th property. And so it's been, it's been a really fun ride this year, but I'm more focusing on fix and flips now and trying to get that quicker income in where we push that money into longer term rents. I started my journey trying to do buy and holds. And I think the 200, $300 a month while dealing with tenants just wasn't really worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go towards like more like the quicker, you know, three, four month deals and, and pull out. So. Okay. And it sounds like you spent some time in the service. It sounds like you had a little bit of background with real estate. Give me a bit of an overview of what brought you to the getting into real estate and why you chose the path you did. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a great question. I, I'm still in the military. I'm getting ready to transition out of that, that lifestyle and, and focus more on the investing side. But pretty much how I started was I used to commute to work every day. So I used to commute to Fort Knox, you know, that place where everyone has like the gold and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's about a 50 minute drive each way. And not to be corny, but I, I used to listen to Bigger Pockets every single day. So yeah, yeah. I used to listen to, you know, an hour and a half every single day, Monday through Friday. And eventually I got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I've been listening to this podcast for a year. Let's try to get started. And I went on the MLS. I, you know, had an agent and we bought a fix and flip and it it just, it was a disaster. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that later today, but a learning moment they call them, right? Yes. Yes. A expensive learning experience. But, and what, if you could share a little bit more about that, you know, what, Learning moments are always good for everyone to hear about what in it that, you know, maybe went wrong or maybe it was miscalculated or, you know, was it a time horizon? Kind of where, where did things, where did the learning moment become expensive? <laughs> yeah, man. I was, I remember that day. So I'm walking in the park. It was like Thanksgiving. I was like out for a walk and my fiance was young at me saying like, Hey, get off your phone. Like we're outside. And I was on Zillow, like creeping around. And I see this house, it was $100,000 and it instantly dropped to $50,000, like overnight. And I'm like, what is going on? So I called my agent, like Thanksgiving Eve, like we need to go see this house. And she's like, let's go. And we showed up, there was a squatter in there, all this stuff. And I told the, I told the agent, the, the seller's agent, I said, I'll buy this house for $40,000 and I'll deal with the squatter. And he was like, cool, my owner, it's totally going to be fine with that. So we bought it for $40,000, went to the hard money route, all that fun stuff. And we actually got the, we actually got the squatter out like relative easy. We just gave him cash for keys. We're like, Mm -hmm. Hey man, here's a couple hundred bucks. Just please don't come back and see you later, man. And he was cool with it. The issues came along where I bought it on a main street, right? So there's some speculation where you're not supposed to buy flip houses on main streets where they're super busy, you know, stuff like that. Like, I I didn't know. I just bought the house because it was cheap. And, you know, and the appraisal came back for 118,000. 
and renovations were like 20, 25,000. So I was like, that's a great spread. Sounds like good numbers. The biggest takeaway that I probably have to tell people is I went with the cheapest contractor. So I was like, man, I'm going to save as much money and make more money in return. The contractor knew I was inexperienced. He definitely knew it was my first job and he just disappeared on me on the last third. So I paid him the last third. He was like, Hey, you know, I just need a little money to like get by. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I was like, I'll pay you, man. You've done, you know, a decent job, you know, up to this point, he just disappeared. And Bounced. I'm, yeah. yeah, didn't have a contract, didn't do any of that. I had to paint the house myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it was, it was bad. And then, so I learned, it's like, dude, pay the extra two, $300, $400, whatever it is to get the job done right the first time. Because I ended up having to get another contractor to fix some of the stuff that he did in the first place. I thought, I thought I was saving money, but in reality, I spent way more money to get it redone by someone, you know, that was credible. Right. So don't skip around, pay the extra money, pay a contractor that has a good reputation and does a good job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. So oh, did you end up selling that home or do you keep that one or? Yeah, originally. So I wanted to burr it. So I was going to do yeah. a refinance on it. I think rates weren't that high yet, sure. but you know, so I was going to put a renter in there, but the project took super long because once again, I didn't have the best contractor. It was supposed to be, you know, a two month job. It took about four months. And with all the holding costs, I was <clears> like, <throat> you know what, let's, let's just list it. Let, let's just make some money out of it and just call it a, a learning experience. That following week when I listed, it was a drug bus across the street. So, yeah, I, I barely dude. So I sold the house. It, I maybe scraped by and made like seven to ten thousand dollars, but at least I survived. And I know what I do not like to do, and I know what I yeah. like. You know what I mean? Like if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a learning moment. It's something that you now have in the back of your pocket that you can not follow again, right? It's 100%. a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard. It's hard when you first get into it and you go take on a new niche and i think you find an opportunity and you're like i gotta got i just gotta make it happen you know you're That's you want to take huge massive action but sometimes you get blindsided because you just see you know a paycheck at the end of it and you're like i'm just gonna do whatever it takes to make it happen so i understand how that works i'm glad it wasn't a complete disaster but definitely a, a bit of a learning moment so yeah 100 percent, man so now it sounds like so that was your first deal and you you took on a hard money loan. It sounds like you are doing some lending now. It, it looks like you have a top gap strat strategies. Is yep. that something you're you're working on helping other folks yeah. uh, find some so, lending or Yeah, a lot uh, of it is connecting people with funds, but also I do a lot of gap funding. So I don't I, I won't do private money like longer than, you know, eight, nine months, whatever it is. But sure. I, I do prefer the three, four months lending period where you know, I loan amount of money for a percentage of a return. And then usually the exit strategy is usually a fix and flip. So yeah. pretty much my whole life revolves around fix and flips, either through okay. my real estate business where I'm just, you know, where I actively flip it or I lend money on a flip. And okay. I think the reason why I pick that or I kind of affiliate to that is I'm able to underwrite those fix and flip deals and I feel comfortable with it. Right. I don't like... When someone's like, oh, I'm going to refinance you with another private money lender. I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, unless I know you or like we're like boys or something like that, maybe. Sure. 
but I do like the fix and flip strategy. You know, if the numbers make sense, I usually go with them. So okay. uh, but that's pretty much how I started. I have not done a transactional lending. I've not done EMD. I've not done any of those. Okay. Uh, some Gator funding. Yeah. So I haven't done any of those. Have you done some of those? Have not. Have not. I am yeah. a Gator lender, but I, I have not gotten into that world yet. I think so it's. I fair. understand it. I, I understand how it can be an asset to people that are looking to get deals done. And I think it's more us, us talking and, and finding people to network with that have a large pipeline of deals and we can come in in the correct way, provide a resource to them. So absolutely I hope to in the future here, it's not my main business. So I'm trying to focus on what I, I know, just like you focusing on the fix and flip. So, Oh, nice. Um, are, are you a, are you a flipper too? I, I do not fix and flip. I'm mainly a land investor. Cool. Um, so I've been doing land investing for about four years now. So if you were to t ask me what deal I would feel most comfortable underwriting, it would be, you know, buying a vacant piece of land in the middle of nowhere. Holy um, cow, dude. Do you, <laughs> do you like, you buy it and then like, I don't know what you do. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of it's just pricing. You just flip it, you buy and sell, you know, some of it's, you know, you're looking for different entitlement work. You're looking to put it in different zoning, that sort of thing. But for me right now, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to find opportunities out there of people that are no longer using their land in, in the middle of nowhere and, and finding someone that is, is really interested in having their own slice of heaven out in the country. Right. I so, like that. Sweet. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like fun, man. So going forward, what is your, you're going to be fixing flipping. That's kind of your main, or what, what sort of goals do you have here? Would you get back into a long-term buy and hold or what's kind of your objective here in the next, I don't want to, I hate it. I'm hesitant to ask people about their goals for a long-term, but you know, yeah. what, what is it that your, your strategy is going forward here? I, I, I think, I think it's more of a balance of having both. Right. Because what's, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, we all have goals, but what is our main goal is, is what I kind of ask is like, do you want to quit your nine to five? Like I still have a nine to five. Right. So my goal is to quit my nine to five and how I can do that sooner. Like the reason why I'm able to leave my job next year is because the flips. Now, mm. is it a risk? Like if I'm not flipping houses, I'm not making money. So right. I would like a balance where, I'm, I, I can flip and lend. So I'm doing the three month lending stuff because that's the combination of income I'm going to make with the flipping and lending where I can leave my W2. Yeah. Now I can start focusing on either scaling that, that short term business, that income generating business, and then starting to funnel into the wealth building. Right. So I would right. like to generate that quick, you know, flip money and then eventually quit my job right and then go full time and then start focusing on creative deals like subject to solid finance and building that long term portfolio where that's right. building that appreciation and wealth so i think it's like a balance between the two right. for me right right that makes sense i mean right along the lines of the robert kiyosakis of the world and the bigger pockets of the world you know 100%. building up that equity pot to where you can get to a point where you can go buy income right so I think a lot of us in real estate are in the same boat and are just trying to to balance the two. So, yep. I got one more question before I I will let you go, and I really appreciate you know you sharing us some learning moments and what you got going forward here. But what is what is the one thing that you would like to do as far as a long term 
real estate play. Would you like to get into maybe subject to multifamily industrial? Is there a certain niche that you just feel super passionate about when you have all the equity in the world that you could think you could make a difference in? Man, dude, I, I really think like that long, long term in real estate is to definitely get into the commercial multifamilies. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, there's unlimited opportunities out there in the multifamily space. You know, I, I used to think that buying 100, 200, 300 single family homes and stuff like that was like the way to go. But I mm-hmm. think we all know being in sub two and stuff is, is uh, there's a lot more opportunities out there. Yeah. And why would you like to deal with a hundred different properties and a hundred different roofs where you can just right. buy one of those? Right. And right. I think that's, that's where I want to end up down the road. But obviously we gotta, we gotta do our grind, earn yeah. our stripes in the business and, um, mm-hmm. and start connecting with the right people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I find it so fascinating and I'm, I'm in a very similar mindset to you, but as I've been listening to Pace and in his community and I've been in the multifamily space before, you know, underwriting deals, working for syndicate, all of that sort of thing. I just find it fascinating. The, you know, I go back and forth because in single family, you have 30 year mortgages, you have long-term debt that you can go buy from just anyone off the street. And yeah. then you go in the multifamily world and yes, it becomes easier. You put a property management in place, you, you know, buy a 10, 20, 50 unit. And you basically just manage the finances of it and, you know, talk to the, the, the property management about what needs to be done. But then, you know, you're, you are on the hook as we are seeing people be on the hook here every five to 10 years on refinancing their debt. Well, all these guys that are refinancing their multifamily debt, if they have been leveraging it the wrong way, are going to be in trouble or are yeah. in trouble, right? So I see the, I see... I mean, I was I was blown away here just the other day. I I saw that Pace has he uses Mind. Have you 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 familiar with Mind? No. What's what's that? So Mind, I'm not sure if they completely own and buy themselves or they just manage. But I'm pretty sure they they manage for a lot of Pace's stuff across the country. That's he's not in the direct vicinity of. And you know, for a management fee across the country, this operations leasing of these single family homes. So I just found it super interesting that I was like, there's no way I can go buy 100, 200 homes and make it work, even if I'm in the state that is going on in, and I'm going and I have a full crew of people around. Like, there's no way. But now that I think and I see Pace doing it, it's like, man, it is possible. And it is, you know, you don't want to do 200, 300 transactions when you can just do one multifamily. But I go back and forth and it's causing me a little analysis paralysis, but just thought I would, you know, shed some light on what you mentioned there. So, yeah, I funny you, you talk about that is I met a guy in my town in Louisville and I think he owns a hundred ish, 125 units, like single families. And he used to do it all himself, which, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, dude, why? respect respect yeah he's like yeah you know i just didn't think about it like i wanted all the cash flow and also i'm like but your whole time is like sucked away right so he's like yeah it's funny you say that he's like i i, I hired a property manager like six months ago and you know i lose that 10 15 but he's like dude now i have so much time to myself and he's like now i'm doing like these bigger deals yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you, if you only care about, if you don't really care about the cash flow 
100% get a property manager. Like, you get all your time back to be creative and to, you know, use your energy on something better, like, instead of collecting rent. Right. That's right. crazy, man. No, I know. It's it's a, it's a hard balance. And, you know, you got to pick which, which avenue is yours. You hear guys like Rod Khalif and, you know, Grant Cardone all yep. talking about it in different ways and, you know, pace as well. But, you know, I appreciate you shedding some light on, on what you got going on. Where can people reach you? I appreciate you, you inviting me on here and taking the time out of your day. And everybody can find me on Instagram. It's, it's Tim U, right? So I-T-S and then my name. Add me up, man. We'd love to connect with y'all and we love to JV. So you just let me know Absolutely. what's going on, bro. All right. Well, Tim, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, man. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. Sounds good. Yep. See ya.